The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. We are live now after a little technical difficulties, but hey, don't you worry. We are live <laughs> now and ready to go on this Friday afternoon. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Well, I hate that we um, were not live because we had a pretty good segment and Carter had a pretty good... Um, pretty good three minute rant or so about three auburn's minute. offense that was easy seven minutes i don't know i don't you know were, seven you, how would you know you were running around the station trying to fix things <laughs> that's right <laughs> but look hey we're here now and the friday show look we're off to a a blistering start here on this friday afternoon but we're here now so jacob go it's carter bird with you on espn 106.7 auburn open like a sports leader Again, we apologize for the uh, technical difficulties, but we are here now, and we've got a lot to go over today on the show. It's a very, very busy day uh, here in this first first hour of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7, and uh, yeah, so we're here now. We're ready to go, and busy show today at 3 o'clock. We're going to have Brody Miller, who covers LSU for The Athletic. We'll have him on at 3 o'clock, uh, then... Uh, Jack Cudden's going to join us in studio for all of our number two. Jack Cudden from the Auburn High School Sports Network. He's going to join us like he's been doing the past couple of Fridays, uh, talking college football, making some picks from around the, uh, the country, and of course talking Auburn and LSU. So uh, we've got a lot to go over today, and uh, as we're about 20 minutes in, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. We'll come back. We're going to talk Auburn-LSU. We're going to make up for lost time, folks. Don't you worry. 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us. Call in. We'd love to hear from you. Be a part of the show on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Taking our first break. We'll come Come back, make up for lost time. I promise you that. Here on the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Back here on the Friday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika, sports leader, Back here in the studio, it's a beautiful Friday afternoon as we are discussing all things Auburn football, college football, everything in between. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us. And Carter, as we're talking about this Auburn-LSU game, the, the thing that I was wanting to discuss was our feelings coming into tomorrow based off of what we've kind of felt like this week. And Uh, it's been a mixed emotion right in this game in this matchup and just where the program for Auburn is right now we'd love to hear from our listeners 334-321-1390 do you feel any better going into tomorrow than you did earlier in the week do you feel worse about the game tomorrow we would love to hear from you guys 334-321-1390 for me I'm kind of right at the at the same where 
I'm not even worried about LSU tomorrow. If I, For Auburn's sake, I'm not even worried about LSU. Isn't that crazy? Like When I look at LSU and I see LSU, they're a good team and they're I, getting better. I get what, what, what you're going to say here. I, I think I know where, where you're going. It, it's just the concern for me is what does Auburn do and where does Auburn score and where does Auburn beat LSU and how does Auburn come out and how does Auburn look, right? Because... Uh, again, LSU is not a threatening team to me. Like they're decent and they're getting better, and I think they will get better as the year goes on. But I'm not worried about LSU beating Auburn tomorrow. I, I said this yesterday. I'm worried about Auburn not beating LSU. Yeah, I think that with this game, this LSU team is rounding into form. They are very young, but they do have a very experienced coach, a coach that's that's been at the highest level of this game for a long time, and Brian Kelly. Year one, you knew that there were going to be some ups and downs. We saw we saw some very erratic up and ups and downs in that first game against FSU. But I agree with you. Kind of Auburn right now, and this people are going to hate that I'm about to say this. They are the anti Georgia and Alabama. Where those two, it it doesn't really to me, it doesn't really matter who those teams play, and, the, and it's about the, it's not about those teams and how and who they're playing and how they match up. It's about like. If they execute their game plan and they do what they're supposed to do, they're going to win 99 times out of 100. Right now, I agree with you that Auburn Auburn's not executing at a level that I think that they're going to beat that many teams and I think that things will have to like turnovers and like drastic things will have to happen for Auburn to get to reel off wins in the conference this year just because they aren't executing. There's not a lot of of creativity in the offense. You have a quarterback right now who, by the way, I saw this. Um, Robbie Ashford, right now, mm-hmm. I saw an advanced uh, analytic graph of expected points added, which is like basically on any given play, how many points are you adding? How many throwing, points is he worth, throwing, basically? It, there, was, there was a graph of quarterbacks in the country uh, in the Power 5 level, throwing mm-hmm. and running. Okay. He is last in passing EPA. Oh, yeah, probably. Behind Spencer Petrus. Spencer Petrus is the worst quarterback I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and and but it's it's that's the type of things you don't like. I don't think I don't think they've done a good job making it easy on him. I think it's been you haven't seen the ball in your playmaker's hands, specifically Tank Bigsby's hands enough, and it's I don't feel good going into this game because LSU is a heck of a lot better than Missouri, and you didn't look good against Missouri. But here's the thing, too, with my take that I'm not worried about LSU beating Auburn. I'm worried that Auburn can't beat LSU. The thing about it is, you were you were exactly right. Auburn is not executing correctly, and Auburn is not playing to the their ability. the game plans aren't good enough. The game plans They're aren't good enough, coached. but these are all things that can change. And if they do change, little by little, because you're not going to change it all at the same time. You just can't. And so with all of the problems for Auburn right now, you can't change them all together. You can try, but you're not going to be able to do it all together. But you can work on these things as time goes on. And if you do start to fix these things, I think there is enough talent on the roster, especially offensively, where that's been the biggest struggle so far. There's enough talent on the roster where you can make up for it and you can start to improve yourself, improve your team, and improve your program. So that is where 
I have a little bit of hope for this game tomorrow and this season because there is still talent on the team. Now, are they performing the way they need to be? No. Is Auburn executing like they should? No. Is Auburn's game plan good? No. But these are all things that can change, and I think Auburn has enough talent to where if you do that, you can start winning some football games. I just think that's where we're at right now with Auburn football. We've got Ty the Tiger on the line when we come back on the other side of this break. It's Friday afternoon here on On the Line. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into our number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Well, let's head to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Ty the Tiger, we appreciate you holding on through the break, man. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. How are y'all? We're, We're doing good, right. man. What you got for us? Well, uh, before I get to the game tomorrow, I do want to share a little story. Um, I don't know if y'all knew about the uh, Opelika Chamber of Commerce and their uh, first uh, responder breakfast this morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, great guest speaker, Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl, uh, yeah, he did a great job this morning. He did. Were y'all there? I wasn't. Uh, so our boss here at Auburn Network, Steve Whitney, is our general manager in our sales and over our sales. He was actually there this morning and uh, and said that Bruce did a fantastic job. Here's the thing I love about going and listening to Bruce speak. This is the third time I've heard him speak in a, in a setting like this. Never seen the guy open a piece of paper or anything written down. It's all from the heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just real, you know. And uh, I just wanted to share with you something that he talked about building a program, leadership. And he said, you know, uh, if you want to watch Auburn and Alabama uh, basketball, you know, the tickets are, are you know, three, four hundred dollars a piece. Um, it, you could uh, go, you could watch it cheaper just by going to Tuscaloosa and buying them for five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very That's true. Very true. And that was I, I that had the whole crowd laugh. Man, he like I said, just a great guy. Uh, I heard he was on one today, is what I heard. Oh man, he was on it, bro. Well, they they the girl who introduced him, she misspoke. And she said baseball coach, so he ran with that. And he 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 made it a fun joke, and he just uh, he just laughed. Man, he's such a good guy. He's such a good ambassador for our program. That really agree. That that's a great Agreed. way to put it. I he's a great Bruce, ambassador for the basketball program and just for Auburn in general. Bruce Pearl has been a, go- he, a godsend for Auburn athletics. And he did. He talked about just basically just you know when he sells Auburn, everybody's got good programs, good coaches, good players, good academics, but it's the community and the people. And I mean, he's got a point there. And and I think so. To, to say that, I'm gonna lead into the football, and I think that's why, you know, us Auburn fans are just so angry uh, and just disappointed. Is we put so much into it, you know. We we support. Um, we've support. You know, I've been to games during seasons where it wasn't worth going to the game. Um, you know, and, and and we we support our team no matter what. We stay true Auburn fans. Uh, it's just disappointing right now with what's going on. Um, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I just – well, last week when I was watching the game and the uh, thicker kicker 
miss that miss that chip shot, and and then they show Brian Harson. Mm-hmm. It almost looked like he was disappointed he wasn't going to get a buyout check that night. I mean, it, it, the, the just the the the, the non emotion in the you know. It just, I mean, he wasn't even excited they were going into overtime, it looked like. I mean, it just, I just, I don't know. I just don't ever see it. You know, even Gus would frustrate you, but he hits you with a boom every now and again, you know, or something. <laughs> That's fair, I mean, right. you know, and I mean, I mean, he was passionate about it. He, it's like, I mean, being honest, I didn't feel like this last year, and I've been kind of the, on the, I've been on the bandwagon of let the guy develop something, let him get going. But I just don't, I mean, I, it's and, going and backwards. Look, I'm not saying I blame the guy uh, for what the board of trustees and the people in power have put him through. So I'm not saying it's all his fault, but that's something that the Auburn community, we got to get together on that, and that's got to change. Or we're not going to get any great football coach to come do anything here. I mean, I just don't see it. Um, it's going to have to be somebody who's coming on a rehab stint or something like that, you know, like a Hugh Freeze that, that might do, might build the program. It might do great, but you're not going to go snatch nobody and take nobody out of a, uh, a program like a Baylor or somewhere like that um, where they got the full support and, you know, there's less pressure. So, yep. but the tomorrow, I, I think it's going to be, I, you know, I, look, I'm going to the game. I bet Auburn plus the nine and a half when it came out. You know, um, I think it's going to be that close, but I think it's going to look ugly. Um, I think we stay in the ball game. LSU's going to pack the box, guys, and they don't got mm-hmm. Missouri athletes. They got LSU athletes. That's that's uh, exactly that's right. Fair. And they're young, but they're still they're still big old boys that can move. And uh, I mean, it, 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 we're going to have to come with a game plan or. or like I said, he ain't gonna have to be disappointed about getting a buyout tomorrow. I mean, yeah, you know, from what everybody's saying, but right. uh, guys, I, I'm gonna call it 27-24 Auburn. Okay, I think we kick a field goal at the very end to win. All right, all I right. Think, I think, I think, I think. Look, I'm gonna call it right now. If we win this game, we got to win one aspect of the game, and that's the turnover battle. And we have not done that yet. I think Auburn's got to get three turnovers to win. Our defense has got to step up, and I'll be there rooting this on, guys. As always, Ty, Ty, in order to score 27 points, is the defense scoring? He, he, I think we already has, oh, there he is. To, okay. has to score. Has to be a pick six, punt return, kickoff return. Let's just say defense and special team. Let's okay. go that route. <laughs> but, uh, yes, yep. I, I think we do. All right, hey, Ty, we appreciate the call, man. We like hearing from you. That is Ty the Tiger here on the Friday edition of On the Line. He's got Auburn winning 27-24, and I want to address something that he talked about was getting if, – if Harson is – you know, he talked about Harson's lack of emotions on the sidelines. I feel like that's been the case most of the time, even oh, yeah. in winning moments. Like, I feel like – because you don't see him super emotional one way or the other on the sidelines, but yeah. – then you see, then you see the videos in the locker room of him and the in the players, uh, you know, slinging water around and getting all hyped up, and people, you know, talking crap because oh, you beat San Jose State, why are you celebrating? But you see that side of him in the locker room because yeah. I just think that's the guy that he is. I think he's a hard football coach that is just he just gets into the game and he's not going to celebrate or talk about it or show super emotion until until the final whistle that's just what comes off to me 
And and look, now that you're getting into this game tomorrow, Ty started talking about the defense having to get some turnovers, win the turnover battle, which goes both ways. Defense has to force some turnovers, but the offense can't be uh, giving turnovers away, right? And so he's got Auburn winning 27-24. We'd love to hear your picks as well. 334-321-1390. Carter, what do you have to say about his phone call? Well, I mean, in order to get to 27 points, I think, based on what we've seen out of the Auburn offense, defense is going to have to score twice. To, to get to a number like that, I, like, I, don't, I, don't, and see I just this, don't think that happens. I don't see this Auburn offense scoring more than about two touchdowns in this game. And so to, to get to that number, defense has to put forth a lot of help. But going back to Harson and that, that kind of emotionless um, front that he puts out there, I will say I did appreciate it on the road at Penn State last year. I appreciated that because there didn't feel like panic, and I feel like that has value on the road in a hostile environment when you're competing in the game. It was a 180 turn from Gus Malzahn where you thought he was going to chew all the gum up in the state, and it was so nervous, and he's pacing, and he's chewing his gum at 100 miles an hour like he's Pete Carroll, and it's just... It just gives you anxiety. It makes you feel worse when they show shots of him on the sidelines. Well, he wore it on his sleeve. Yeah, and I and and I appreciated it there. I don't really ha- I don't really care about it one way or the other now. I more am worried about the fact that the team doesn't look prepared on Saturdays, and they're getting out coach coming out of each half. I've said it a f- couple times this week: one hundred and sixteen to twenty-one in your last seven Power Five games. That's not going to get it done, no matter where you're at. I mean, there are G5 teams that put up a lot better fight against Power 5 teams than that. Uh, So I don't love that. And then talking about this game, um, I just, I think you have to, you have to figure out a way to put Robbie Ashford in positions to succeed. I don't feel like they've done that. I think you've got to horizontally stress this LSU defense. Like Ty said, this LSU defense has LSU athletes, not Missouri athletes. Missouri's Missouri's front pushed around Auburn's offensive line, and they're one of the least physical groups that Auburn's going to see all season long, and that has me concerned. I think you've got, if you're Auburn, get out in 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 space, right? Something I've talked about for a while now. Get out in space and make LSU make open field tackles, right? Get one-on-ones and make their DBs, make their corners, or even their safeties come up and make a tackle in the open field on a guy like Coy Moore or on a guy like Jarquez Hunter or Tank Bigsby. Get those guys the ball out in space, out on the edge, outside the numbers and let them go one-on-one and make LSU tackle you. And if they do, then great. Go at him again and see if he can go two for two on you on open field tackles. But don't run up in between the tackles where the defensive line's already going to be in your face by the time you hand off the ball to Tank Bigsby because he's five yards in the backfield. Those are the types of things that have got to happen tomorrow. Uh, to Ty's point on his his pick, he has 27-24. Um, I'll be I, shocked if Auburn scores in the 20s. And that's the thing, man. It's just tough to see where Auburn's going to score. Now, wouldn't it be the most Auburn thing for them to come out tomorrow when the expectations are low and put up a 50 bomb on LSU and just destroy them in Jordan-Hare Stadium at a night game? I mean, that would be the most Auburn thing ever. And then then people are like, okay, maybe something, eh, maybe it's a little better, you know? It I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I, I just don't. We're going to make picks later on. Um, I don't think my pit track record is great right now this season, but hey, we're going to do it anyway. But 
to one more point that that was brought up talking about if Brian Harson is gone when you go to bring somebody into Auburn Auburn sells itself and I love him bringing up Bruce Pearl speaking this morning uh, because Bruce Pearl has been one of if not the best ambassadors of Auburn yep. in my lifetime I mean he's he is when you say the name Bruce Pearl you instantly think of Auburn now before yep. before he got here, you thought Tennessee, or you ESPN. thought Scandal, you thought ESPN, you thought the 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 not so good things about Bruce Pearl in his past. But since he's been at Auburn, great things have happened for him. Great things have happened for the basketball program, and great things have happened for Auburn. And mm-hmm. when you think of Bruce Pearl, you think of Auburn basketball, and you think of Auburn. And he's exactly right. Auburn recruits itself, and it should. It is one of those schools that should recruit itself based off of family, atmosphere, academics, and then athletics. Auburn should recruit itself, but looking at it from the football side, he was right. If you bring in a coach, you've got to get a guy that's going to get the support from Uh, boosters fans team whatever it may be but you've also got to get a guy that's going to come in and know what he's getting into and is going to do the work and both of those things did not happen harson didn't get the support he needed but he also didn't put in the work and he didn't know what he was getting into at the same time and all of that thrown into one pot doesn't taste very good and we're looking at it right now yeah i mean i if if you want to talk about harson i mean i can from my my gut feeling based on my own observations I feel that he probably should have come in with a little more like, hey, I need to get to know this community. I need There are things that I need to know. There are aspects of Auburn that can help me build my program. But I think it was a little bit of, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take exactly what I did at Boise, the way I did it, bring it to the SEC, and it's going to work because it's always worked for me wherever I've been. And I don't think that was the right mindset. I think you've seen that play out over the course of his tenure. Now, talking about Bruce – Bruce and Charles Barkley are worth so much to Auburn Athletics. It's 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 unbelievable. They are not there's never been two better ambassadors for Auburn Athletics. Bruce finds a way to get out there and say positive stuff nonstop. Heck, even when he was in the middle of his contract extension negotiations, and I know that got frustrating for him because he felt like he deserved to be paid more somewhere in line with some of these best coaches in the conference. Finally, he's there, but even then, he never said a bad word about Auburn. Everything was handled in-house. He got what he deserved, and he has continued to be that, honestly, just that that spotlight shining a positive light on Auburn athletics. And Charles Barkley's the same way. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's great when you have... Bruce going deep in NCAA tournaments, and Charles is, is at every pregame, halftime, and postgame show. That's that's a bonus uh, on top of it all. I mean, that's a cherry on top. But I think that whoever is the next Auburn coach, because I do not think it's going to be Brian Harson. let's be very clear, <laughs> if we haven't been clear enough about that, I think the next person will at least have an understanding of they need to be more like Bruce and less like Brian, and they need to, to buy into aspects of Auburn and put a positive outward face out there more and show more effort on the recruiting trail and just in PR. And I think that's valuable. And, you know, I, I 100% agree with, with that statement, but it's not whoever that next coach is, it's not all on that coach. 
the people around him and the people here at Auburn need to be like, hey, this is what you need to do to be successful here. And look at past coaches and past regimes and and realize, the look, this is different. Be, the coach has to be willing to listen. Got to be, exactly. And I'm not sure the current coach was willing to listen when people told him to do stuff. Could have been. When, when, yeah. when, when they were like, hey, you need to talk to this person. You need to get to know this person. You need to talk to this group of people. You need to get your face out there. I'm not sure Brian Harson was willing to listen. And I think it goes back to what you said about him having a system, how it's worked for so long, and he brought that here thinking it was going to work and wasn't willing to adjust. And maybe that's what kind of bit him in the butt a little bit. He thought he could coach his way to wins in the Southeastern Conference no matter what talent he had on the roster. And that's not the way the game is played in the, in the SEC. That might be the way it's played in the Mountain West, but that's not the way this game is played. And all you have to do is flip on any Nick Saban or Kirby Smart press conference, and they'll go on rants about the value of recruiting all day. Kirby does it every time he's on a mic because he knows how important it is and how the message needs to be out there for him. 334-321-1390. We're going to take our final break in this first hour. Matthew, hold on. We're going to get to you on the other side of this break as we wrap up hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Wrapping up the Friday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. We've got about five minutes left in this first hour. Let's head to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Matthew, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going well, man. What you got for us? Uh, Just thinking about the the next possible coach at Auburn um, and – well, if if Harson is let go, of course we are three and one, and I, I for some reason I don't know why, I feel optimistic. I feel pretty good about the LSU game. I feel like we're gonna, I don't know, maybe come out with a win. But I still think, uh, regardless, we're going to make a a uh, change at the end of the year. And I wanted to get you guys' take on, do you guys think it will be? And if, you, if it was your decision, who would you choose? Well, who are some of the names that, that you had in mind, and we'll kind of give you our thoughts on that. Um, there's a long list I have. <laughs> well, I mean, um, there's the popular names of Hugh Freeze, Lane Kiffin, Deion Sanders, right? But then there's some other names that have floated around uh, internally and some guys that have other SEC ties. I mean, there's there's quite a few names that have floated around. Personally, I don't, I, feel, I don't feel that Hugh Freeze is going to be the next coach at Auburn. I, 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 I think it's either going to be – a huge swing at a guy like Deion Sanders, or it's going to be Jeff Grimes. I think. I think Jeff Grimes. If you had to make me make a pick right now, Jeff Grimes is the coach at Auburn next season. Who would you, is that your pick, or, or is that who you think it will be? That's that's who I think. If you if you had to pick somebody right now, I think the most likely option is Jeff Grimes because he's been here. He's an offensive line coach, so you know he's going to build that team from the trenches out. He he has that experience. He's been around the country. He's been to BYU. He's the offensive coordinator there. Now he's the offensive coordinator at Baylor. He's done well. I think he is primed to get the Auburn job. If it was your decision, you had to, 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 to pick, who would you pick? If it was my call, I I, I want Dion because I want, I want to – Turn over the roster with the most talent as fast as possible. And the fastest way to do that is Deion Sanders. At the end of 40 years of Deion Sanders, I said this, I may have said this last week, 
at the end of 40 years of Deion Sanders, you would have the most talent on Auburn's roster that has ever been on campus. And I think that you in today's SEC, that can't be ignored. The, the idea of just having that type of roster. Yeah, I'd pick uh, Matt Rule or, um, uh, I don't know, Matt Rule or, or maybe a uh, Derek Mason or uh, Kevin Steele. All right. I don't think Auburn would go the Kevin Steele route just Agreed. because of, of how that all went down when Gus was still here. I just don't think – I don't even think Auburn would mess with I dipping their toes in that water. I don't think Auburn would, would dip their toes in with Derek Mason just with with um, the way that that ended, the way that that ended with, too. with his tenure leaving for a million-dollar pay cut at Oklahoma State. It wasn't a good look for Auburn. I don't think that would happen. But going uh, – what was the – Matt Rule. Matt, Matt Rule, Matt Rule. So my issue with Matt Rule is a lot of the same issues we have with Harson. you would have with Matt Rule. Matt Rule has never been to the Southeast. The closest so, so, he's been so, was at but, Western Carolina. But my thing, Western Carolina. Yeah. It's a sm- no, was, very, very, very small school there. And Matt Carolinas. Rule was never at Western Carolina. He was at Temple, which he rebuilt from the trash to, to very competitive. And then he rebuilt Baylor from... Um, the uh, the Bryles era to, to basically what they are now. Yeah. David Rinder, uh helped them out too. I know you're ahead to do a break, but I would pick Matt Rule. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate Matt Rule. I wouldn't hate the decision. I don't know what how he would do in the SEC. It would be interesting to see how he would do. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily hate the hire, Matthew. We're up against our break, getting out of the hour. We appreciate the call, man. That's Matthew uh, here on the Friday edition of On the Line with Matt Rule. I don't know how I feel about that because he has success in college. We're kind of seeing it fall apart in the pros right now for him. But um, I, well, I think my, my, my issue is the closest he's been in the Southeast is he was at Western Carolina in 2002, and then he was which at, is a long at, time ago. I mean, I mean, he was at Baylor. He's he's never been to the true Southeast, and so he I don't think he has those, those connections, and that's my that's my concern. I think Auburn's going to end up going after somebody that has either Auburn ties, SEC ties, or a little bit of both, just with how this experiment has gone down with Brian Harson. Hour number one, officially in the books. We're going to have Brody Miller from The Athletic covering LSU when we come back to start hour number two. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line. You're on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on the Friday edition of the show. It's the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well. It's a gorgeous Friday here in the Auburn Opelika area. If you missed any of our number one, be sure to go and find the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast, or you can go to ESPNAU.com, click on the podcast center, and you can find it all right there. Well, to start hour number two, we're going to actually get to the phone lines, and we're going to welcome in Brody Miller, who covers LSU for the Athletic. Brody, good afternoon, man. How you doing? 
I'm doing well. How about yourself? We are, yeah, we are doing fantastic. Well, uh, preview on Auburn and LSU. Of course, the game is tomorrow night. It's the Tiger Bowl in Jordan-Hare Stadium, 6 o'clock tomorrow night. And just want to get your uh, your thoughts on this matchup and how the fan base is feeling right now. So that's sort of where we're going to go to start this conversation how does the fan base feel right now about LSU, Brian Kelly, and this game tomorrow night against Auburn? Yeah, I think in, in the big picture sense, I think this fan base kind of understands that Ed Ogeron left this program in a pretty bleak situation, quite frankly, roster-wise, culture-wise. And a lot of the Brian Kelly hire, even though it wasn't like exciting in the way like it's exciting to get wrapped around some new hotshot coach, I think they very much understood like big picture He's probably a guy who can get this kind of disorganized sports car back, you know, running strong infrastructurally and all that. So I think I say all that to say I think this year was always going to be not a great year. You know, like eight wins would be a a successful year for LSU this year. So it's kind of like expectations are kind of tricky to discuss because it was kind of average was built in. But, no, I think so far – you know, I think this offense has been kind of messy, and I think people are understanding of that. They realize the O-line has its limitations. But I think people have been really thrilled with how good this defense is, how good of a hire Matt House, a defensive coordinator, looks like. And I think that the main thing there's optimism with is how this team seems to kind of be getting better each week. And things, you know, you see a problem one week and it looks like it's addressed the next week, which is something you just flat out did not see under Ed Ogeron quite often. So, I think there's optimism of Ryan Kelly, but most of it's really built into the, 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 the ten-year plan more than it is about this season. And I say all that to say you ask about this week. Yeah, I think most people see this as a an opportunity week for LSU. Right? This isn't a great LSU team; it has its flaws. But if they can get through Auburn, go into the rest of SD play four and one, suddenly there's a little bit of new optimism around LSU that wasn't there. Brody, with you, you talked about how this team appears to be getting better each week. I am curious, with the expectations coming into the year, don't exactly know where they were with the LSU fan base, yeah. but especially with how week one went. I mean, as we all know, SEC fans are very rational uh, when they when you have a game like that <laughs> against FSU. How has the fan base responded to this LSU team since that week one game and then as they've picked up these last three wins? Yeah, because so much of week one was like the sky was falling, not just because they lost, like, that's fine. I think they kind of knew this was going to be an up and down year, but it was just the ugly nature. It was the, you know, unprepared nature of that game. Two muffed punts, two blatant blocked field goals on blocking errors, just so many, like, little silly mistakes throughout that game, feet on a flea flicker, all this stuff, and your best player going out for the season. It just felt like there was a bit of a freak out of, oh, no, this is going to take a while to fix, you know, kind of what Ed Ogeron left. And like, hey, Brian Kelly's not this miracle worker. So I think there was a reshaping of the expectations, even though they were already kind of medium, but now that they were suddenly even lower. And, yeah, to your question, these last three weeks, I think they've seen, okay, like they're figuring out how to use Jaden Daniels better each week. They're figuring out how to kind of balance the offense with tempo and quick passes to get the most out of it. And, and you're seeing things like that, and I think they won a lot back with the fan base of how they beat a Mississippi State team that I still think is pretty good, by the mm-hmm. way. Agreed. And, and you know the, the game plan, yeah, and the game plan they had like was really creative defensively. I mean, they really, really made life hard for Will Rogers in that air raid offense. And and even though the offense struggled in the first half, Jane Daniels led three straight touchdown drives to go win it. So I think there's 
I don't think anyone thinks this is going to be a top 15 team or anything, but it's a team that can find ways to win games and they can kind of ugly it up, which is, you know, sometimes all you need when you have talent. We've got Brody Miller on the phone who covers LSU for The Athletic. You kind of already got into the question I was going to ask, but as LSU gets off to a 1-0 start in the SEC with a win over Mississippi State, what were some of those things that you saw in that game that you liked and that can help them against Auburn tomorrow night? Absolutely, yeah. I think the first thing is I think they're really slowly figuring out that like Gene Daniels works better with tempo. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I think a lot of it is, with tempo, he kind of doesn't overthink, and then he's. But also, I think it's sometimes even more simple than that. It's just this offense flows better when he's just getting the ball out quick, short passes to their loaded receiver room, and letting you know Malik Neighbors, Keyshawn Booty, you know some of these guys just kind of go make plays as though really simplistic as that sounds. And I think they really found some efficiency there. Also, you know, that, that Mississippi State game was the first game that they tried out basically two true freshmen, you know, huge recruits, but two true freshmen at offensive tackle, which, don't get me wrong, I want to see that against Auburn to get a better feel if that's actually for real, because Auburn's going to obviously test that big time, but both Emory Jones and Will Campbell looks really, really good in that game, and it's like, man, they're young, but they're good, so I think that's a big part of it, and the main thing, though, is, man, I think by the end of that Mississippi State game, you're just like, this LSU defense is just, like, the offense is going to be up and down. I think that just is what it is. It's going to be good nights and bad nights. This defense has a chance to just be really, really good. D-line is really not allowing rushing lanes against anyone. The secondary was supposed to be this big flaw, and it's actually really has not allowed any explosiveness to anyone all season. It's like, and they're they're getting really creative with how to use these these really exciting athletes on defense. You know, Bijou Jolari is probably going to be a first round pick. Five star linebacker freshman Harold Perkins. It's just like it's really exciting players they use in pick and choosing spots. They got pieces, so this defense is going to be their hope. I keep repeating that but the offense is going to be a lot of tinkering and figuring it out Brody you you were talking about this defense just how impressive have they been to this point in the year and how do you see them stacking up with an Auburn offense that's to say it lightly has struggled to this point in the in the year <laughs> yeah I, I think you know the first thing is LSU has defended the run really well and mm-hmm. when Mason Smith the, the superstar defensive tackle went out it was like man wonder if that's going to hurt that interior D line and the truth is it hasn't because you know uh but Kai Wingo stepped in. He was an all-big, all-SEC guy at Missouri last year. Jaquil and Roy, you know, all these guys, they've held down running lanes. I mean, the only real rushing yards they've given up this year were kind of like quarterback scrambles and stuff. So they've really locked down the run game really well, which is something that they, they've kind of struggled with the last few years, quite frankly. And, and then the thing I'll give a ton of credit for is, first off, the pass rush is obvious, right? That we always knew would be going to Ojolari and Ollie Gay. That's always going to be a strength. But the secondary has just been – more, I mean, a lot of it's how they're covering. They're playing a little conservative, sure, but nobody's beating them over the top, and that's why you know, when you mentioned how they're going to match up with Auburn, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I don't think, you know, Auburn, you know, I think there's going to be teams like Tennessee that might be able to attack those corners and get the most out of beating them in one-on-one. I don't think Auburn's really going to be able to test that too much, so I think advantage definitely goes to LSU kind of stopping the run, forcing Robbie Ashford to beat them, and, and you'd assume... LSU has that advantage there. 
Yeah, Brody, I think you're right, man. I don't think too many people are worried about Auburn beating LSU over the top through the air tomorrow night. I can give you credit where that's due. But talking to Brody Miller, who covers LSU for The Athletic, what's your take on this Auburn football team as you've started doing your prep for this week, obviously covering LSU for The Athletic? What is your take on this Auburn team offensively and defensively so far this season? Yeah, it seems like offensively, I mean, again, I'll always defer to him admitting I might be wrong, but it seems like an offensive team that is still kind of figuring out what it wants to be. You know, one week, don't give it to Tank Bixby enough. Next week, maybe give it to him too much in the wrong situations. It, it seems like they're, and obviously the quarterback play has been a negative, so I guess in their defense, your options are probably pretty limited, right? So it seems like a pretty flawed offense with a defense that can make life hard. You know, Derek Hall and some of these guys in the front seven are going to give LSU some real problems up front. Like I said, the line's gotten better, no doubt, but LSU's line is still very much a question, very much something that, you know, can be beaten by a good defense. You saw what Florida State just destroyed LSU's uh, tackles in the pass rush, and Derek Hall can do that. So I I like Auburn's defense. I think they can make life really hard for LSU, but, you know, I think at the same time, I think LSU's defense can probably contain Auburn's offense all night and kind of, at least, you know, make it just a low-scoring game where Jaden Daniels maybe gets it done. So to answer your actual question, yeah, I think it's like Auburn's obviously talented, right? I know on the right night they can click. It just doesn't seem like there's a strong identity right now. Brody, I know that LSU's been a little banged up coming into this game. I know that they're without Garrett Dellinger and then they're without uh, Armani Goodwin. How are those injuries, how is the health of this LSU team going to show itself on Saturday night? Yeah, so yeah, like you said, Dellinger's out. Looks like Armani Goodwin's out. You know, those are two. Those are two. You know, bummers of hits. I think they'll be okay without Dellinger because you got another kind of co-starter who can slide in. They'll be okay at running back. Uh, and then they get two safeties back this week, and Jay Ward and Joe Fusha basically has been suspended the first four games. The three-year starter at Arkansas safety. He's uh, he's been academically ineligible, but he'll be back in. So, those uh, you should be pretty healthy. Vijo Jolari is good to go. So they should be pretty healthy, and you know, in terms of the spots where you need those guys, you know, running back they're deep enough. O line they're going to be fine, I guess. So yeah, I think they'll be in good shape. Uh, there's no real area where I'm like, uh oh, attack that. Unless uh, then again, if one or two O linemen go out in this game, suddenly LSU's in huge trouble. They don't have the depth there now that Bellinger's out. So the secondary should be healthy enough. D line should be healthy enough. But yeah, I guess that O line the depth is not there. We've got Brody Miller of The Athletic here with us on the Friday edition of On the Line. Brody, how does LSU prepare for Jordan-Hare Stadium at night where we know uh, Auburn voodoo has is a thing and you just never know when it's going to come out? How especially does, in this series. Especially in this series with, with how back and forth it's been and Auburn getting their win in Baton Rouge. How does LSU prepare to come to Jordan-Hare Stadium at, at night? Yeah, no, it's a great question because – you know, Jaden Daniels is obviously very experienced in the grand sense of things, but, like, this is his first real road game at LSU, first SEC road game, you know, and he's probably going to be under pressure all night, you know, I would assume, against Auburn. So I, I, it's, I don't know how you prepare. That's a good question, but I do think it's going to be a tough test. It's Brian Kelly's first real road game at LSU. That's not something to scoff at. There's a lot of stuff that, like, we don't yet know about this LSU team because they basically, in all – purposes of playing four home games this year. That's a different thing, man. So it's like, hey, Jane Daniels might look really comfortable you know, at home, but what's he going to do when 
all the fans are going against him. So I am really, really intrigued by that. And another wrinkle to throw in there, man, LSU special teams, haven't even mentioned this, have been a disaster. And first off, we've had our fair share of special teams uh, things go on in LSU Auburn games, as you know. But also, like, on the road against a tough Auburn team, man, who knows? LSU special teams could actually really cost them if that crowd gets into it. So there's a lot of ways this crowd could affect LSU. I don't really know how you prepare. Brody, as far as one-on-one matchups and positional matchups, what are some key ones that you're going to have your eye on on Saturday night in Jordan-Hare? I'm so sorry. I cut out for a second. Could you repeat that? So as far as one-on-one and, and positional group matchups on yeah. the field, which which ones are you going to have your eye on? Absolutely, yeah. I think I'm most personally intrigued by Derek Hall against the LSU offensive tackles, whether it's Emory Jones or Will Campbell, because it's a, it's a really good defensive end going against two really good but really, really young true freshman offensive tackles. So I kind of think that's going to be a huge X factor in this game where it's like, if Hall, I mean, in, in the entire Auburn D-line, I don't, I don't mean to single out Hall, but, you know, if, if Auburn can just attack LSU's tackles again, you know, that's a problem. This game suddenly looks very different. If LSU can contain that, then you've got to go advantage LSU because they can get the ball out quick a little and they can get the ball to those really talented receivers. So I think that's what I'm really watching. And then I don't know if I'd call it a matchup in like a one-on-one sense of the word, but... I just want to see what happens with Tank Bigsby against this LSU run game. And I know it's always tough because run games are more complicated than just running back. You know, obviously the linings do their part, all that. But just, you know, this is the best running back LSU will probably face you know, this year maybe. So I want to see what, what they can do in that matchup. Can Bigsby get loose? You know, he's too good to be stuck in a box all season. So I imagine he'll have at least a few breakout games. So, yeah, I think that's the other one I'm watching. Brody Miller of The Athletic, if you had to give a prediction for tomorrow night, who wins and why? I think it's going to be ugly. I think neither offense has a great day. I'll take LSU like 20 to 13 in kind of just an ugly game because the defense plays great again, and Jaden Daniels just kind of does enough to make a few big plays happen, even though it's going to be a might be a rough night for both offenses. Brody, I think most people would agree it's probably not going to be the prettiest game played in the Southeastern Conference tomorrow. <laughs> but hey, man, we appreciate you coming on and giving us your time on this Friday afternoon. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and everything you're doing for the Athletic. Absolutely, I appreciate that. You can follow me at, at Brody A. Miller on Twitter and subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, you can probably get a discount somewhere, but who knows. But, yeah, man, thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. That's Brody Miller, who covers LSU for The Athletic here on the Friday edition of On the Line. When we come back, we're going to continue talking LSU and Auburn, making some picks around college football, all that and more here on the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Back here on the Friday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird, and now joined by Jack Hutton of the Auburn High School Sports Network in studio. He's just our in-studio weekly Friday guest. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Look, we bring somebody else in here. We make some college football picks. We have a great time wrapping up this Friday afternoon before we get into the weekend. But big thank you to Brody Miller, again, of The Athletic, who covers covers LSU for them. A big thank you to him joining us to start out this second hour, uh, giving us his predictions and his thoughts on LSU and Auburn as they are ready to kick off tomorrow night, 6 o'clock 
over at Jordan Hare Stadium. Jack, happy Friday, man. How you doing? Man, I'm good. How are you guys? We are doing well. Doing great, buddy. Yeah, we're it's doing good great. Good to see you. Yeah, man. <laughs> I had a uh, had a little meeting at uh, at the office today, so I had to take care of some stuff. But uh, glad to glad to join. Yeah, excited for tonight. Some high school football going on. We got some good high school landscape. football Heck tonight, yeah, don't we? Man, Auburn Opelika getting uh, set to go tonight about seven o'clock. Get over there. Well, you may not be able to get over there anymore. It's uh, I think it's packed out at the Duck. Uh, no, Lee Scott's playing as well. Yep, so I got yep. a couple, got a couple big games going on in the area tonight. That's right. We got Lee Scott at home against Otaga in a region game. It's homecoming for Lee Scott. Uh, Lee Scott undefeated, looking to go to six and zero. That'll be six thirty broadcast time. Kickoff at seven over on the Lee Scott Sports Network. That's AU one hundred. That's one hundred point three FM on your radio dial. One hundred point three FM dot com. Uh, you can get the app. There's so many ways you can find it or on the Lee Scott Sports Network Facebook and YouTube channel, so you can find it all there. And then, as Jack mentioned, Auburn High and Opelika tonight. It's the big one. It's the matchup. It's a rivalry. It's a region game. The whole nine yards. Auburn and Opelika tonight. You can find that on Wings 94.3 if you can't make it to the game. Wings 94.3. Broadcast time at 6.30. Kickoff at 7 on the Auburn High School Sports Network with uh, Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate, and the one and only Jumping Jack Hutton. So, you can find it all over there. Flip back and forth tonight between Lee Scott and Auburn High. Should be two great games. Uh, Auburn High plays playing Opelika and Lee Scott playing Altaga. But, gentlemen, let's get into some college football picks and talk about some of these games coming up this weekend. Obviously, in the next segment, we'll get into Auburn LSU a little bit deeper, make our picks near, uh, near the end of the show for Auburn and LSU. 334-321-1390. If you want to call in, give some picks for Auburn LSU, give some picks for other games around the country, we'd love for, for you to call in, be a part of the show, and be on the line. Again, 334-321-1390. We'll start off with what I think is one of the biggest games in the conference tomorrow. Kentucky Ole Miss, number seven Wildcats, number 14 Ole Miss at home, 11 a.m. ESPN. This is a big, big game, and betters are loving Ole Miss. They are six-and-a-half-point favorites. I know they're at home. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Kentucky, 11 a.m. Who wins and why, gentlemen? Yeah, I think this is a tough one for me because Ole Miss – uh, you know, they got Jackson Dart to start the season. They got Quinshawn Judkins, who's come in, who's been a really good back for them thus far as a freshman. Uh, it, I just like Will Levis a good bit for the Wildcats. That I saw something this week, and I don't know who said it, but uh, they, they were saying that they thought Will Levis could be a first-round NFL draft pick, much less maybe oh, he a was top in, 10 He was NFL in mock draft drafts pick. as high as, like, number five this yeah. offseason. Yeah. And Along thinking, with Anthony R- yeah, Richardson. Yeah, exactly, who probably is, is crazy to me. <laughs> and Tyler Van Dyke. All of them were first round NFL quarterbacks according to some of these mock drafts yeah I so I like Will Levis a lot I like this Kentucky rushing attack as well um, I think I'm gonna go with the Cats for now because I don't think Ole Miss has proven to, to me yet uh, but that's uh that's what that's with some hesitance you look I think that this Ole Miss team has not been actually tested you go look at the schedule schedules it's laughable to this point their their four games are against what all Tulsa, non-conference opponents. Tulsa, Georgia Tech, Central Arkansas, and Troy. There's nobody that has tested this team all year. Kentucky went on the road, and they beat Florida in the swamp. They're going to get it done here again. Chris Rodriguez is back. They're running for, what, 2.4 yards per carry on the season? Having the best running back in the SEC back is going to make a huge impact in that game. Yep. So, I mean, give me, give me Kentucky all day. I think they went out right. I think it's... I mean, I see it being like a 24-21 type game, 
and Kentucky gets a win in uh, Old Vaught Hemingway. Yeah, that's right. I like Kentucky on the road too, boys. I really do. I like them outright. I like Kentucky's defense more than anything in this game just because, like you mentioned, Ole Miss, they haven't done anything. They haven't played anybody. And even when they did, their offense didn't look just over-the-top crazy to me. So I think Kentucky's defense will play well. I think this being an 11 a.m. game at Ole Miss really, really helps the road team in this situation. That's Kentucky, obviously. I like the Wildcats straight up. Uh, Points-wise, I'm not too sure, but I like Kentucky straight up in this game tomorrow. Ole Miss might be down its top two running backs in this game. Really? I didn't see that. It's going to be the freshman from over there in Pike Road, Quinshaw Judkins. Oh, yeah. He's going to be the the, the guy for them. (laughs) Well, then, exactly. So then give me Kentucky's defense even more. If that's the case, I like the Wildcats straight up tomorrow on the road at Ole Miss. Looking at some other SEC games, the other big one in the Southeastern Conference, number two, Alabama, on the road at number 20, Arkansas, 230, CBS, Alabama favored by 17 points on the road I'm gonna start out here and I think that's way too many points I think Alabama's good I think Alabama's better but I think Arkansas is playing good enough to keep this within 17 points at their place at a 230 kickoff game I like Alabama to win this thing, but Arkansas is going to cover 17 points. I could go ahead and tell you that. Even though they lost last week to A&M, I still think they're going to get up. They're going to be ready. Arkansas fans are going to be packed out at Razorback Stadium, and they are going to be loud and proud. And them losing last week, does it take a little bit away from this game? Yeah, but not a whole lot. This is still a massive game for both teams. I think Alabama wins. But you're going to see Bryce Young in this offense struggle yet again like we've seen Alabama do on the road with him at quarterback. But I like Arkansas uh, to cover the spread, but Alabama's going to win. Maybe they'll probably still win by double digits late. How many times do we have to watch Alabama go on the road and not be the same team that we thought before we realized that 17 points is entirely too many? Last year, Arkansas went into Bryant-Denny and gave them every bit that Alabama wanted and almost won that game. And I think that this Arkansas team is better than last year's team. I'm not, I don't think that this, this Alabama team is as good as last year's team. They're on the road. Bryce Young's not the same guy on the road. I like this Arkansas team. They should have won last week. I think they're motivated coming into this one. Very hostile environment. I th- they're going to cover and they're going to win. Oh, oh the there it is. Win. Arkansas with the outright winner for Carter. Jack, who do you have and why, man? Man, I wanted so badly to pick Arkansas in this, but I cannot make myself do it. I think K.J. Jefferson is good enough to win this. I think Rocket Sanders has been very good for the Hogs this season. Uh, I'm not completely sold on A&M yet, though, and thus I'm not really sold on Arkansas as being world beaters. I do think that they keep this under the spread, so I think it's going to be much. It's going to be much closer than a 17-point game. But I'll take Alabama by the slimmest of margins to get the job done. One more game in the SEC before we get to the break, and then we're going to cover Auburn LSU. We'd love to hear from you again. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. A and M on the road at I was State. About to say if you make us pick Georgia Missouri, no, we're I'm not touching that. Out of the we're not touching that game. Georgia's a twenty-nine point favorite. They'll win by forty. But A and M and Mississippi State. A and M on the road at Mississippi State, 3 o'clock tomorrow on SEC Network. Who do you have quickly? Oh, Mississippi State by a million. A&M has a two-man offense, and one of the guys broke his leg last week. They cannot score. They cannot move the ball. I don't care how talented the defense is. It's a, This is a weird offense to go against. Mississippi State by three scores. Yeah, I think so, too. I think Devin A-Chain and uh, Anaya Smith have both been good for the Aggies. Not great, but good. Uh, Haynes King at that quarterback spot. 
not really sure if he's well, going Ma- to be Max, the guy because it's, it's probably going to be Max Johnson. So they don't really know who their quarterback is uh, coming into this even. They'll probably have you know some sort of debate on that. I think Will Rogers has looked really good thus far. 16 touchdowns to three interceptions in an air raid offense. Give me the dogs. I like Mississippi State to cover the four-point spread. A&M will not be ranked next week. We're going to talk Auburn LSU and get some picks for the game as we wrap up this Friday afternoon. 30 more minutes to go here on ESPN 1067. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird, joined by Jack Hudden in the studio for the next 30 minutes. We've all got some high school games to get to in a little bit, so we got to get out of here soon, fellas. Uh, but we're going to make some uh, some thoughts, predictions, and picks about this Auburn and LSU game. We're going to make our final uh, final breakdowns, final thoughts about Auburn, the game tomorrow, what it means if Auburn wins, what it means if Auburn loses, all that good stuff. 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us. We'd love to hear your thoughts, predictions, uh, and picks for tomorrow, Auburn versus LSU. Jack, we've yet to get your thoughts on on this matchup in Auburn this week. Of course, you, you've been joining us on Fridays in here, but uh, what is your feeling going into this game tomorrow, Auburn-LSU? Well, as most Auburn and LSU fans are aware, there is always some sort of voodoo magic that takes place in this game. And so I don't, I don't ever, you know, count out the fact that maybe something stupidly crazy happens. Um, you know, I mean, you, you, you look at games past where Auburn had no business winning and they pull it out. You look at games past where LSU had no business winning pulling it out. Um, you know, a lot of Auburn fans will go back and remember the 2017 debacle in Baton Rouge when Auburn was far and away oh, the God. better team, LSU struggling that year, and they somehow find a way to get it done. Um, and then you look again on the Auburn side, you look back to 2014. Both teams came in just on fire, ready to go, and then Auburn completely shuts them out. So you never can tell uh, a lot of time in this rivalry. I do think LSU's got the advantage having Jaden Daniels on their team this year. I think he's been the more consistent of any quarterback that's going to show up on the field tomorrow. Uh, so I think LSU's got a little bit of advantage on offense. Uh, I will say LSU's offensive line, though, has been very concerning. Now, that's not to say that Auburn has been any better in that sense, but LSU's offensive line has been concerning. And I think if there's a way that Auburn's going to stay in that game, it's getting pressure on Daniels, containing him, and forcing a couple turnovers tomorrow in big spots. I just feel, I feel better about LSU's plan for when that inevitably happens. I yeah. feel like they have figured out a way to to at least function on offense when you when they are in this situation where where Jaden Daniels is somewhat running for his life. Auburn hasn't. Auburn yeah. hasn't at all. I mean, Robbie Ashford. I, I mentioned it in the first hour. I'm I'm not sure if you heard it, Jack. In among Power Five quarter, quarterbacks and expected points added in passing the football, Robbie Ashford is dead last right yeah. now in the country. And to me. That that shows the issue. Auburn can run somewhat, kind of, when the other team isn't doesn't just sit there and say, "Okay, we know you're running the ball. We're going to put eight nine guys in the box. Figure it out with your arm." And Auburn hasn't figured it out. The offense hasn't shown a pulse. You saw the offense what get a hundred and 
uh, get about 83 of its 217 yards last week on the first yeah. in the first 12 minutes. I mean, I just I think this defense is better for LSU. I think that D line's better. I think they're more physical. I think they're more athletic. I don't see where Auburn's getting points, and you that's have, my concern. I think you had, I think it was the first 15, 16 plays of the game were runs. They were and runs, that's a yeah. Stat where the whole first looks drive. Back, where everybody looks back and goes, oh, look how well Auburn ran the ball. What I think a lot of people are missing is that four or five of those plays were called passes. And he and it ran was for Robbie his life. Ashford running for his life to get away from the defense. So. And you know what? Why not do that? I mean, why not, yeah. why not call the pass play, but have Robbie in his mind go, I can run this football because I don't know if he's fully thinking that right now. If they well, call a pass play, he did. He ran because he had to, not because he wanted to. My my counter would be the the Missouri Tiger defender may run a four five. The LSU Tiger defender might run a four three five. Right. No, you're and exactly so right. Yeah. The running around may not work the same way. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Let's head to the phone lines. Robbie, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, gentlemen. How are y'all? We're doing great, man. What you got for us? Uh, hey, listen, I, I think it was Carter a while ago who was talking about uh, hypothetical next coaches, and he mentioned Jeff Grimes mm-hmm. and Deion Sanders. Is, yep. And I, I, my, my question was, was that, his, uh, was that his hope, or is that who he think it's going to be? I, I think it's going to be Jeff Grimes. Uh, if you if you really like put me on the spot right now and said, basically bet your life on it, who's Auburn's coach in 2023? I'd say Jeff Grimes. Uh, I think it'd be a really fun swing for the fences with Deion Sanders, and you'd get so much talent on the roster, and that's just what I want, honestly. You'd have, like, you'd have in, five stars at your butt. In, in, <laughs> in my heart of hearts, I just want to see how much talent can Auburn put on a roster because – I mean, we would see Auburn recruit at a level they've never recruited. Yeah, yeah. But here's my: it it we're beyond experimenting. It, it's it's time to do like big time programs do. You know, quit experimenting. It's a swing for the fences and go for who. Let me say this: I, I've been contributing to. Uh, back when it was called the Greater Auburn Fund, way before it was TUF. Mm-hmm. And I get 10 tickets every year. If they hire Jeff Grimes or Deion Sanders, to me, they're not serious about the future. Because that, to me, that's that's what you do if you're Mississippi State. It, that's what you do if you're some just looking for something. If if we're, if we're serious about the next coach, we don't need to experiment. So so Robbie, let me ask you this then: Who, if Auburn does get rid of Brian Harson, who would you want them to go after, and and who would be that legitimate guy in your mind to be Auburn's next head coach? Well, that's a good question, and I have two candidates. But the the first one I would go for would probably be Hugh Freeze, and here's why. First of all, he's proven. He's proven himself. Second of all, I consider him the Bruce Pearl of football. I think if he comes to Auburn, he will never leave because he will feel like we gave him the chance that he needed, and he'll build something here. 
Lane Kiffin, I, I love Lane Kiffin, and I would love to have him. But I'm scared that in four years, five years, here we go again. So if you're talking long term, mm-hmm. give me Hugh Freeze. He, he's proven himself, and I'm, he would never, if he's successful, he would never leave. And I'm just tired of this carousel that we go through with these coaches and a Bruce Pearl. I don't think he'll ever leave Auburn. I don't think he will either. Exactly. And to me, Hugh Freeze is the same way. And and he's proven himself. He's proven himself everywhere he's been. And I love Lane Kiffin. I'd love to have him if I knew Lane Kiffin was going to be at Auburn for the next 10, 12 years or whatever. But I'm, you know, I don't want to do this carousel. Right, right. So. Well, look, I, I think Hugh Freeze is, is definitely a name that we've heard quite a bit. And, and Robbie, we appreciate the call. That's a name we've heard quite a bit uh, in this Auburn coaching carousel, if you will, for lack of a better term, of of names that we've heard about uh, to replace Brian Harson. Um, look, I mean. Deion Sanders, Lane Kiffin, Hugh Freeze, Jeff Grimes, Matt Rule. I mean, these are guys that we have heard time and time again. Urban, Urban Meyer, Meyer back at the beginning. I mean, these are <laughs> names. These are names that we've heard. I mean, it's yeah. just. It, but it seems like it's the same set of names. Where and, and, and from what I've heard between what we've talked about and what our callers have said over the past couple of weeks and what you see on Twitter, message boards, everything. No matter who I, Auburn goes out and hires, if they get rid of Brian Harson. You're not going to please everybody. Yeah. And at that point, if you're Auburn, what do you do, right? Who do you go after that's going to make the most people happy? Which that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go out and hire the guy who gives you the best chance to win football games and win championships. Which, how, how do you win games in this conference? You got to recruit. Talent. You got to get guys. You got to get some Smart dudes. talks about it all the time. It's talent to win games. He beat Florida last year, and he got it on the podium, and he said, this has nothing to do with me being how good of a coach I am. It's that we have better dudes across every position on the field than Dan Mullen in Florida has. And I that's think, the biggest thing for me. And I think that's where Auburn's going to run into a dilemma is, do, where's the line between pleasing the fan base and getting a guy that's going to do that right there? My, my fear with Hugh Freeze is, yes, Hugh Freeze has proven as an on-the-field coach, and sure, as a recruiter, he's good. But he's also proven that he just can't keep his trap shut and he can't stay out of trouble. He does things that are that are unnecessary, that, that, that put him back in the spotlight in a bad way. And I just think that had he, if he, if he just was quiet with his off-the-field antics, I'd be fine with it. I really would be. I think you're right. I think I agree with that, too. I'm not the biggest Hugh Freeze fan just for the sense of I think that while he was at Ole Miss, a lot of what he did um, was based off of he got players, he recruited players in a way that was not legal at the time, I guess. And so, <laughs> yeah. and you know, yeah. I mean, it, that's certainly a lot more doable nowadays, but you know, you just wonder what, what does it look like if he starts recruiting in the conference again? Is, is he kind of heralded as, oh, he's just kind of washed up? You know, you, you don't know. I like, and I think uh, Carter brought this up, but I like uh, the idea of somebody like Dion coming in and, and uh, kind of revitalizing your recruiting. I think the biggest times where Auburn has been able to be successful is when they've had two things. They have had uh, talent for, they've had talent recruiting wise, and then they've had a, a play caller of some sort. So they've had a guy who comes in and who does very well play calling. You think about Gus. I like Dion Staff over there at Jackson State. I sure do too. The other one that I, I think I like if you can get some recruiters on staff, I and it's one that people roll their eyes at a lot. 
I like Kiffin. I mean, I really like him. I think he's one of the best play callers in college football right now. He leverages the, that. the transfer portal better than anybody yep. right now. You pair that with a great recruiter somehow on staff, I think you're looking at a really good staff there. I would like Lane Kiffin a lot better than I would Hugh Freeze. Yep. I'm still not the biggest Lane Kiffin fan, and I just don't know what that would look like in Auburn. But if I had to choose between Lane Kiffin and Hugh Freeze, I'm taking Lane Kiffin every single time. Let's head to the phone lines, though. 334-321-1390. Dan, you're on the line. Welcome in. Um, doing pretty good. I was just going to ask a question. You met, you said that that Hugh Freeze recruited well, but but obviously the the one class he had the four or five five star guys. That's what he got in trouble for for mm-hmm. all the stuff he did to get them. So I mean, is there really a track record of him actually being a good recruiter? I mean, that's a good point. But now that a lot, you know, unfortunately, I, I guess it's unfortunately, a, West. a, a lot of the stuff he did, phrase. a lot of stuff he did is now. Uh, allowed like you can go out and and give money to players in in a certain way with nil so maybe he could use that to his advantage or maybe he wouldn't be because now everybody else can do it too i don't know man and i think dan that was what i was talking about with hugh freeze was that yes he's proven he's a good recruiter from that standpoint but has he proven it in this day and age and so i wonder if that's that's a wonder to mine too and I, i think i'm i'm right there with you yeah, well, I'm on the Kiffin bandwagon. I mean, I look, he's, he's coached so much in so many different places. You know, I mean, I mean, the guy is as experienced as you can get. He's, he's coached with Saban. Mm-hmm. He knows all the stuff that they do. You know, there's just a lot of positive there, and he's never gotten in trouble for recruiting, so, you know, for doing stuff, you know, illegal. So, you know, I, I think he has probably the most upside. You know, I, I get it. You know, some people have some – you know, thoughts of, hey, you know, what if he leaves and goes to Alabama? Well, you know what? Look, if he does good at Auburn, then why leave Auburn? You know, the only reason you go there is if you're not doing good. But, look, good coaches can do great at Auburn. <laughs> we yeah. just need a good coach. It's not, need a good not, coach. And you know. my big question with Lane Kiffin, though, at this point is with what he's got at Ole Miss and what he's built with Ole Miss and – their expectations of they just want some wins. I mean, if they if they happen to compete in the West and happen to p- compete and, and get to a college football playoff, they're going to be over the moon. But they don't expect to win national championships every year like Auburn does right now. So would Lane Kiffin leave what he has at Ole Miss to come to Auburn? That's my big question because he's making a lot of money to win eight or nine games and be pretty happy at the end of the year. Look, I don't think Auburn fans – are going to freak out. We, I mean, look, right at this point, we'd be happy to win 10 games. I mean, it's been a long time. We'd be happy to happened. win eight games, Dan. I mean, I mean, I mean, sure, we all want to win the national championship, but, I mean, look, if we win one every 10 years, we're beating the odds of, of every team across the country, minus a couple of them. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, look, you don't have to win at all, but we just like to be in the playoffs once mm-hmm. in a while and, and be competitive and, and, you know, I mean, but, look, just the problem with Gus is it's just we were stuck. At the best we're going to do is eight, and our best year would be nine wins, and then, and, and that that was if we had a good year, you know, you know that just look we want to do better than that, but like he did it, he's gotten ten wins at Ole Miss in the second year. I mean that's not bad. No, no, that's but, not bad at all. My uh, again, I think Auburn's obviously a better school, better program, better. I mean they just got it. it. Auburn's a better job than Ole Miss. Would Lane Kiffin leave Ole Miss to come to Auburn with higher expectations? I think he's a player. Yep. I think he's a winner. I think he would do it. I like Lane Kiffin. I like him a lot better than Hugh Freeze. Dan, we got to get to a break. We appreciate the call, man. That was Dan here on On the Line. Let's get to our final break before we come back and make our final picks for Auburn LSU here on the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. 
Wrapping up the Friday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goetz, Carter Bird, and Jack Hudden here in the studio for the next couple of minutes. Just a reminder of what we've got going on here on our family of stations from Auburn Network. Tonight, here on ESPN 106.7, we have Game 1 of the Braves and the Mets. We have that series all weekend long as the Braves and Mets are battling it out for the NL East. Got to sweep it, Jack. Got to sweep it as Jack busts out the imaginary broom over there. The Braves, I mean, you got to win the series, but a sweep would be beautiful as uh, we're going to have the series all weekend long here on ESPN 106.7 Friday, Saturday, Sunday so make sure you're tuning in for that high school football tonight Auburn High and Opelika one of the biggest games of the year that is going to be on Wings 94.3 you can tune in broadcast time is set for 6.30 kickoff at 7 on the Auburn High School Sports Network over on Wings 94.3 you can join um uh, Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate, and Jack Hudden over on Wings 94-3 for Auburn High versus Opelika. And then as soon as we're done here, Carter and I are heading over to Lee Scott Academy as the Warriors are hosting Autauga tonight for homecoming and a huge regional matchup. The Warriors looking to move to 6-0 as we'll be on the Lee Scott Sports Network. That's on AU100. That's 100.3 FM on your radio dial, 100.3 FM.com. Or you can find us on the Lee Scott Sports Network Facebook page and YouTube channel. So flip back and forth tonight between Lee Scott taking on Altaga and Auburn High taking on Opelika. And then tomorrow here on ESPN 106.7. We've got college football, Alabama, Arkansas at 2 o'clock, then the Braves and Mets around 5 and 6 o'clock, and then once Auburn and LSU finish up over at Jern-Hare Stadium, flip back here to 106.7 for after the game with our own Carter Bird and Jack Cunn. It'll be a late one tomorrow night, boys, but it'll be a good one, I think. It'll be after the game brought to you by Urgent Care Clinic. All Again, all of that brought to you by Urgent Care Clinic in Auburn, so you guys will be going on pretty late tomorrow night here on ESPN 106.7 for after the game then on Sunday, it is the Titans and the Colts for some NFL action, and then the Braves and the Mets in the series finale for some Sunday night baseball. So busy, busy weekend for sports here at Auburn Networks and our family of stations, AE100, Wings 94.3, and ESPN 106.7. You got it all there. So again, no excuse to miss any of our sports coverage this weekend. But gentlemen, we've got about three minutes, so we got to do it quickly. We'll start with Jack, then we'll go to Carter, then we'll do myself. Auburn LSU tomorrow, who wins and why? We're doing score. We're doing score and, and a reason. All right. So All right. Try, try not to say like 40 to 50 or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just going to subtract about 30 from whatever score I say first. No. Uh, so looking at this game, I think it's if you're picking with your head, it's pretty obvious. LSU has got the advantage here. They've, they've got a, a more seasoned quarterback. Uh, I guess their deficiencies, if you want to say it in another way, are not as great as Auburn's. You know, uh-huh. Auburn has had some trouble with the offensive line. They've had trouble with quarterbacks. They've had trouble in the secondary. LSU has had some of those same ones, but I don't know if they've been as great. Uh, I think if you're picking with your head, you go with LSU. I think the thing that keeps Auburn in this game for a, for a lot longer than I think some people are thinking is going to be the atmosphere. So I think that the atmosphere is going to have something to do with it. Uh, you know, we mentioned the the Bike voodoo against like, Penn State. Yeah, <laughs> this one's a little bit later at night now, <laughs> yeah. though. So you know, okay. obviously, obviously that's going to be worth thirty points. Uh, but <laughs> uh, LSU and Auburn, so. I have a hard time picking against my Auburn Tigers, so I, just for the fun of it, I'm going to say Auburn 23-20. to 20. Uh, I think that's more of a heart than a head pick, but uh, I'll go with it anyways. 23-20 Auburn. Look, I don't see a way that Auburn can get to the 20s with this offense. If you could barely score 17 with an overtime against a bad Missouri defense, or an, an average Missouri defense, you've got a much better one coming into town, faster, more physical. Auburn's defense can play the game of the year. And I still don't know how Auburn wins. I've got it at 
27-13. I think LSU just pretty much has commanded this game after about maybe the first quarter just because I don't think Auburn can score. Yeah. I think Auburn, offensively, they're going to have to figure something out. They're going to have to get guys in space. You're going to have to get the football to your playmakers. Tank Bigsby, Jarquez Hunter, Coy Moore, even Robbie Ashford out of the pocket running around, even if it's with us a head cut off like a chicken, right? You're going to have to find ways to get the ball and move it up and down the field. I think Auburn's defense is going to play a great game tomorrow. It's going to take a couple of turnovers, possibly a pick six, fumble recovery, kickoff return, punt return, something like that to bail out the offense with a touchdown somehow. LSU's offense isn't great, but I think they'll play pretty decent. But I think Auburn's defense is going to play well. The atmosphere is going to be big. Maybe that can force some some long, you know, some third and longs, maybe some bad snaps, whatever it may be. Uh, but I think you're going to see Auburn's offense just struggle to move the football consistently. I've got LSU winning 24 to 13. I think it will be a close game. I think LSU will probably score late to extend it to a 24 to 13 lead. Uh, and I like the the uh, the Road Tigers to win tomorrow in Jordan here. I like LSU to win 24 to 13. Unless Auburn's offense figures it out and unless they can just move the ball and have big big can explosive plays can they and, run, and run the football, that's going to be the question. I have LSU winning 24-13. That's it for the Friday edition of On the Line. High school football tonight, college football, baseball, NFL. It's all going on here on ESPN 106.7. Wings 94.3 and AU 100. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.